The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good Wednesday morning, Birds fans. Thanks for streaming in with the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Today is day two of year three of Mac and Mac and show number 499. Tomorrow is the biggie 500 for uh, Mac and Mac. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to chatting you up for the next two hours. Here's one thing I'm not necessarily look, looking forward to, Johnny Mac. And we got three weeks of one day before the NFL draft. And this is just my own perception. Feedback we got here yesterday on the stream. Some responses to the uh, social media stuff we put out after yesterday's show. And also on my WIP show last night after the Phillies got their first win. And yeah, the 60- they're not going to go 0-162. I'm shocked. They are not going to lose them all. And the Sixers got a big win last night. I still got eagle calls pushback on who Howie Roseman may take with number 10 in the draft. And uh, as uh, well pointed out by us here on Birds 365, Ruben Frank on NBC Sports uh, Philly yesterday, chances are the Eagles aren't going to draft at 10 and 30. Howie Roseman doesn't do that. Howie Roseman always moves around on draft day, be it up, be it back, be it in, be it out. Howie likes to play Monty Hall and say, let's make a deal. And he moves around. Now, I love the fact that people dictate exactly where Howie's going to move to. Uh, I want to pick at number 17. Well, who's at 17? Who are you going to give up? What kind of deal are you going to make? People <laughs> make these trades without really having a trade in place. But the fact that uh, we're going to sit here and try and think who Howie's going to take at number 10 or number 30, when odds are they're not going to pick at 10 or 30, makes it interesting. But uh, we did get some pushback yesterday on positionally where the Eagles are going to draft. 
and we had our buddy Rick Saratella on, and uh, Rick is as good as it there comes when it comes to draft and rankings and ratings and scouting reports and everything else. And people didn't like the fact that he said probably the best pick for the Eagles at number 10 would be Peter Skaronsky, uh interior slash tackle. He can play both guard and tackle. Uh, how can our weak offensive line at number 10? What's a guy going to do? He's going to be a backup. How do you draft a backup at number 10? Have they not been paying attention to the Eagles starting to house yeah, Roseman era? They don't listen. They don't listen. I mean, he says it. I, I don't know what else. You don't have to listen to me. Listen to him. Right. You, know, you don't have to of, read between the lines. It's, yeah. it's coming directly from the source. Yeah, I mean, he said it again when he drafted Cam Jurgens, and everybody wanted Nicobe Dean at that point because he had begun to fall. And uh, the Eagles ended up getting him anyway. And he, he said at the time, look, I'm always I'm always going to default to offensive defensive line. That's how we build this thing. That's 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 I mean, if nobody listens, I got a bunch of people who said, you know, Jeff Stoutland, who's tremendous. And, you know, anybody, you know, you know, the drill, anybody he can turn into an all pro. I got. Well, right. that's not true. I mean, he, he he generally does more with the tools than other people. But there's a certain limit. Even guys like, you know, Matt Pryor back in the day said, you know, they're going to get something for him. And they ended up getting a six-round pick. Well, he's not a great player, but, you know, he's a competent player that they developed and turned into a, a, a starter at times in Indianapolis. Suo Peta here, the Tesla stock. Well, they've done, you know, tremendous job with him to get him up to speed to play in NFL games. And Miami wanted him and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I mean, it helps when you draft Lane Johnson at number four overall. You know, it, 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 Landa Dickerson was 37. But remember, Landa Dickerson would have been maybe 22, 23 if he didn't tear his ACL. I mean, this is top-tier talent. And then you have Jason Kelsey, and you can bring in it. By the way, Howard Mudd is, you know, right. was here with Jason that Kelsey. Before Scotland, yeah. And Kelsey's a, a rare outlier. You're not going to get Hall of Fame centers generally in the sixth round, so to expect it again. And then we have the other outliers, Jordan Mailata, who's you know so physically gifted. Um, if Jordan Mailata was born in America with his size and his speed, he he would have been playing football in high school, and and he would have been a five star recruit just from his physical gifts and. You know, so I think people overestimate that kind of, you know, it's helpful to get an offensive lineman at number 10 overall who has that kind of talent. And then it's probably going to be really, really good because Stoutland does tend to get more out of players than most people can. But as far as people pushing back on how this team builds, I mean, what are you watching? What are you doing? Why? I mean, you could argue you don't like the player. That's fine. I'll listen to that, even though you've probably seen Peter Skaronsky play 15 snaps. But right. um, I, I can live with that. But to, to argue that, oh, they're not going to take offensive line. I mean, what, what, what are you watching? Look, fans generally want sexy picks. I always say they want skill position picks. They run running backs and wide receivers and obviously quarterbacks and offensive linemen are boring, but 
when you don't have them, those other guys can't do their work. And another borderline boring pick, uh, and we have a prime example of it just 11 months ago, is defensive tackle. Because Jordan Davis was a quasi-boring pick. Because as my partner likes to point out, he doesn't get stats. He helps you be a better defensive team, but it's just not going to show up on a stat sheet. And a lot of fans just want to see sack, 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 sack. I don't know, kind of like maybe me. Uh, who, who puts a lot of uh, emphasis on actually getting to the quarterback, not just pressure, not just drawing double teams, which we know Jordan Davis does that well. Yeah, people don't want boring, John. No, they, they want don't. exciting. They they, 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 they don't want to get. Yeah. And you know how I feel about Stalin. He's the best offensive line coach in all of football. But there's another segment of Eagle fans who just believe if he comes and lays hands on someone, then they're guaranteed to become the greatest offensive lineman of all time. Except for Andre Dillard, who they tried to move to the right-hand side, and it was an abject failure, and they got next to nothing out of him. Now, it's not the worst thing, because my lotta became my lotta, and they didn't really need uh, him to become as big a player as they thought he was going to be when they drafted him in the first round. It's just not – it's not fair to expect Stoutland to wave his magic wand and the guy becomes the best in his position in the National Football League. But there are Eagle fans that actually believe that. Oh, sure. Well, the I mean, even Isaac Sayamala, who, you know, developed into a tremendous player, it took a while, you know. He got benched uh, for Stefan Wisniewski. Uh, people forget that in the Super Bowl year, um, who was limited and ultimately turned into this really solid player as a premium pick, third-round pick, you know, and, and I talk about that with Cam Jurgens, the assumption that he's going to step in and play to the level of Isaac Sayamalo or even better um, in his in his what will be his first year playing, probably a little bit pie in the sky. Yeah, maybe he does. Maybe he's so good. Maybe maybe it happens, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet the house on it. I tell you that. Um yeah, I, I mean, I mean, now they see the finished product and kind of forget about how the finished product became the finished product. There was a lot of development. Uh, Jordan Mailata was here for years. Was here for years. They sat for a good long period of time. Yeah. We kind of forget that, don't we? Uh, 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 and I remember Jordan first got on the field because of injuries. And we happened to get Jeff Stoutland uh, 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 a week that week or or – you know, shortly before, and he was, you know, Stoutland's always, if anything's honest. And he said, I, and he, he flat out said, I'll never forget. I think he's ready, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, and, and that's Jeff Stoutland, you know, that, that, that guy was, is such an outlier. Forget about Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey was a football player, you know, growing up, you know, he's a linebacker and change and athlete, you know, this guy was, just as I say, didn't know how to put on a helmet when he first got here. Knew nothing about the game, literally from ground up. Um, and they developed him, and they developed him, and everywhere along the way, Jody. Again, people forget they defaulted to Andre Dillard. Defaulted to Andre Dillard. Go take the job, Andre. Go take the job. Go take the job. Didn't take the job. Jordan took the job. Worked out, but everybody forgets it. 
Everybody forgets it. Oh, I I don't because that was the beginning of uh, Birds 365. You were there at practice every single day, and either you'd be here and then run over or, or report from there or whatever, and you would note every single day, Andre Dillon got the first team reps in practice. Uh, that preseason, they tried to hand the job to Andre Dillard. They worked hard to give the job to Andre Dillard, and Mylotta just came out and outperformed him on a day-in, day-out basis, and eventually McMullen had to come out and go, well, uh, Jordan Mylotta got the first team reps in practice today. And it was a surprise because they did. They tried to Well, they were rotating. So what happened by that point? So it was a legitimate competition. But Andre got day one. And then they went to Mylotta. And then they went to uh, back to uh, Andre. And then it was Mylotta. So it was a fair competition. They were toggling back and forth. But, you know, all the reports started to come out, mainly because you don't, let's be honest, you don't do to, that much on the offensive line in practice when you have no pads on for the entire time. So it was mainly about one-on-one -on -one work where we get to see the pad. And Jordan was much better at one-on-one -on -one work. And you saw all those comments, well, Jordan's blowing Andre out of the water. And they said, you know, but every time, nope, Andre got the first. Andre, 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 Andre. And then Andre got hurt. You know, one of the issues is he's he's had some injuries. Um, re remember the year prior, even with the torn biceps, they were moving Jason Peters to right guard. Does anybody remember that for Andre Dillard? And then he tore his biceps and he was out for the season. And and then it was you had all that angst back and forth. Jason was like, I'm not moving back to left right. tackle. Remember that? Oh, he and, wanted, and, to, wanted to renegotiate his yes. uh, contract when he yes. was going to be moved around on the offensive line. I mean, every single time they, they would default to Andre Dillard. And then when it became a legitimate competition, because Jordan played very well that first time when he came in as an injury replacement, you know, it wasn't like they weren't giving him an opportunity, but they were trying to give it to Andre Dillard. And then by the time he got injured, it was like, all right, Jordan's won the job. But at that entire time, and, and people were saying in camp, my buddy Jimmy Kempsky and other people, my lot is blowing him out. But every day, nope, they went back to Dillard. They went back to Dillard. They went back to Dillard. People forget. Right. But then uh, Jordan Mylotta became Jordan Mylotta, and the conversation was over and done with. Uh, and don't be surprised, folks. And again, we got three weeks to get there, and then we got an entire preseason to go to before we get the Eagles opening day, who will be against. Yeah, we got no idea because they haven't released the schedule yet. Um, don't be surprised if the exact same thing happens at Eagle Camp again this year, and the position we're talking about is right guard that they will probably default to Jergy, Beef Jergy, as their right guard because he was here for a year and he's had a year at Statlin University. But if they take Skaronsky with the 10th pick in the draft, and again, uh, on well on record, I don't think the Eagles will draft at number 10. Why? Because how he always trades. He might trade down, he might trade up, more likely back than, than forward. Um, but if they take a Skaronsky at number 10, oh, it'll be a competition. And they won't just hand the job to, to Beef Jerky. They'll make him work for it. And if Skaronsky is that much better at guard next year, yeah, they won't be afraid to put him in there the same way they weren't afraid to put a seventh-round draft pick in at left tackle rather than a first-round draft pick at left, left tackle. 
It, oh, it, no. If they're taking Scranton, in fact, I would go one step further. If they're taking him at number 10 overall, he's probably the leader. You know, they're going to default to him um, and say, you know, if, if, if they're saying, you know, one of the issues with Cam is um, he doesn't have the typical size you look for in the modern game. And again, people look on paper and say, well, he's 300. Eh, he's undersized. Trust me. Again, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know how they come up with these numbers, but he's undersized compared to Isaac Samalo, for instance, who was the starting right guard last season. Um, and he's undersized for an average uh, starting right guard in the NFL. Um, Skaronsky would obviously be, um, you know, more well-equipped to handle the position physically. Um, plus, anytime you pick somebody in the top 10, you want them on the field as quickly as possible in the NFL. Um, and, and if they would take him, and by the way, I'm not saying they will. He's, he's one of the names in the mix. You know, there's a lot of Jalen Carter talk now. You know, people think he's going to drop a little bit. And we talked about Drew Rosenhaus a little bit yesterday, not allowing visits from outside the top 10. Um, you know, Daniel Jeremiah was on Pat McAfee's show saying he probably thinks that's about the Eagles. You know, it was more of a speculation. The Eagles aren't telling. I mean, come on. What are we, April? April 5th? They're not telling people, oh, we're going to draft so-and-so. They haven't even done their – they're not even finished their visits and all. But, you know, if, if Drew – Drew's got a long history with the Eagles, most of it good, some of it bad, for those who remember Terrell Owens. But, um, you know, he knows. If, if, if he gets assurances that they're okay with the kid off the field, you know, yeah, they are going to take him at 10. Period. End of sentence. We can right. all go home right now. We can all go home right now and assuredly if he's there at 10. But, you know, that there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, so Skaronsky's just a name in the mix that belongs at number 10 and the Eagles value the position. Would he be ahead of Jalen Carter? No. Um, would he be ahead of B. John Robinson? Yes. Position positional value in what the Eagles think. Well, he'll, he'll be added Jalen Carter. If the Eagles, uh, I mean, from a football work. standpoint, I mean, from a pure football standpoint, like I'm saying he's cleared by the Eagles. He's not red flag. Oh, they're taking Jalen Carter. Right. They're taking, and, but I, I feel the need to, uh, uh rain on this parade a little bit. The Eagles are going to find out they're attending. If we believe Jalen Carter is the top two, three talent in the draft. And the Maybe team passes one. on him at, or top <laughs> one, right. Uh, and he gets passed on at two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight and nine. And lo and behold, he's sitting there at 10. And the Eagles are going to take him because the value is just too great that those other teams who have done just as diligent homework on the kid said, yeah, we're going to take a lesser player because we think that's too much risk involved with this player. The Eagles are going to be the team that says, no, oh, yeah, we know I it's said... risk. We're, 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 we're readily in, uh, admitting that the kid may blow up in our face, but I'm sorry, he's just too good a talent to pass on at 10. Do you really think the Eagles are that kind of team? I, I said yesterday on the show, they're not getting them for that reason because there's one of two equations here. One... Um, you know, other teams see the same thing you do, and maybe 
you know, maybe it was a, a, a young person making a mistake and it was an outlier from the legal issues, from the fact he was out of shape at his pro day. Maybe it was the stress from the legal issues. I don't know. Other teams are doing the same due diligence. He's not going to, if that's the case, he's not going to last to number 10. And the Eagles aren't going to have the opportunity. If, if he's a abject disaster and they find all this stuff about him and he's gotten in trouble a bunch of times, we just haven't heard about it. They're not going to take. Right. So I, I'm just saying in a pure, perfect world, in a vacuum, for some reason, every all nine teams in front of the Eagles are just completely dumb and completely have not done the same. I said, just from a positional football value, if Jalen Carter is there and the Eagles uh, haven't red flagged him, they're taking him. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. He's not going to be there if that's right. the case. But here's the problem with your scenario, and I know you're you're just talking hypothetically. Or it'd be the same thing at number nine for the Bears. So exactly. wh- wh- why would he get the 10 if the Bears are in the exactly. same position? There? The Bears Not probably would have taken him at number one if they didn't trade out. Right. And, exactly. Uh, uh, he's, he may very well uh, be the most talented player in the draft. I just We're going to beat his name into the ground for the next – 22 days and chances are it's going to be a complete non-factor when the Eagles are on the board. Here's a non, a non, non-factor. He's very much a factor. Whenever he jumps in with us, we got two of our favorites coming up today. Frequent contributors to birds, 365 a little bit later on, Chris Franklin from NJ.com is going to join us. But first we go down the shore to the sports pass ESPN radio uh, down the shore. Mike Gill jumps in with us next here on birds, 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you. 
Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Streaming in with us here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Beatty YouTube channel, McMullen, McDonald, and Mike Gill from down the shore from the Sports Pass ESPN Radio. Uh, MG, I know you were uh, sitting in the green room before we punched up, so you heard us talking about Jalen Carter. Um, we know that he's arguably the most talented player in the entire draft, but he had uh, pre-combine uh, issues, got himself in trouble, didn't do anything to combine. Uh, has popped up with some red flags above and beyond his tape that he put together at Georgia, which is just off the charts good for the first two years. He doesn't want to visit with anyone who doesn't have a top 10 pick. I read yesterday that he's asking some teams to come down and see him in Florida, that he doesn't want to get on a plane and, and show up there. He wants them to come to him, Mohammed to come to the mountain. Um, yeah. Is this, and I know it's Drew Rosenhouse, and Drew has a different way of doing certain things and handling of players. As John just noted, Eagles have had some good relationships, some quirky slash bad relationships with him. Is this kid overplaying his hand for you? And what kind of an effect is that going to have on the Eagles potentially getting them? I mean, I wouldn't, I can't imagine the kid's overplaying his hand. I'm imagining he's being told how to play his hand, right? I mean, that's the same thing Johnny Mac said yesterday. I, I know you, you've been in the business for a while. I've had an agent as well. An agent works for you. That right. whatever but the agent times, does is your doing, that you can't just throw your hands up at the fact, oh, well, I, my agent told me to do this. No, no, no. You got to dictate an agent makes suggestions to you. And at the end of the day, you make your decisions. If you are easily led by an agent, I don't give anybody a pass after the fact and go, what was the well, that, that's that? a different thing. You know, like this, this all came out during the Ben Simmons thing about how that was handled. And I remember talking about like his agent, you know, giving him this advice and, and, you know, people were saying, well, Ben can tell his agent, I don't want to do this. No, most people hire someone for their advice, not to challenge their advice. Yes. You can give suggestions. This is a young kid being told by the biggest super agent in the sport. This is how we're playing this. I doubt the kid is going to push back on that and say, well, I really want to meet with these teams and get on a plane and fly. Don't you think that's what we should do? So I think he's being kind of told, this is how we play this. This is how you get drafted in the top 10. Look, the kid has had, he had this red flag recently, which was a pretty big red flag that he got a slap on the wrist for. I mean, quite frankly, he did have a, apparently had a speeding ticket previous to that where he was racing at a pretty high rate of speed. So this seems like something that teams are probably going to want to check into. However, 
I wouldn't think it would deter a team from taking him, one of the 10 teams. And I think Rosenhaus knows that. Uh, there was someone who said, I forget who it was. Was it Daniel Jeremiah? Yeah, Daniel. That was just an educated guess. But. Right, making an educated guess that he has been informed by the Eagles at the very least. If you're at 10, we are taking you. So no Which reason is, to go. That part, that part. Hey, come on, it's April 5th. There's no way the Eagles are saying, hey, we're going to take Jalen Carter if he's there. To, right. To but right that now. could be what his agent is telling the kid. Hey, listen, yeah. you, there's no need for you to go. You, you're not getting past this team here. So it, it'll be interesting because I, I, quite frankly, for what he did and the punishment, more of the punishment, for what he did, I think teams could look into and say, is this a kid? I know the Raiders, like they're a team that's had all sorts of problems with first-round picks. Do they want another guy dragging down the strip of the Vegas Strip down there on a on a Saturday night? Probably not. But yeah, I can't especially imagine. what they went through with Jerry Judy and the the nature of saying, the crime. right yeah, with yeah. some of the problems they had. But I can't imagine that there are one of those ten teams. All ten of them would say, "We're not taking this guy." So, yeah. especially Chicago. Um, well, I don't know. I think Chicago's more offensive line. Well, maybe they should be, but uh, yeah, their defensive line as well. Their defensive line couldn't get near the quarterback, so it's you know it's one or the other. You can't go in. in yeah, but in you the wrong you, would, you decided that the quarterback was your guy. You had the first pick. You made a decision. This is our guy. We couldn't block for him last year. You can't let him go another year without having anybody block for him. The, the the old adage in the NFL is you either get the quarterback or you get to the quarterback. So they're both the same importance. That's like the Eagles, offensive, defensive line. So then it becomes the positional value is the same. Then it becomes who's the best player. Now, I'm going by the Eagles. As Jody knows, I'm not a big fan of the Chicago organization. But um, – you know, they have Kevin Warren in there. Maybe they're turning the corner. Maybe they start to make better decisions. If they make the right decision, they take the best player because the positional value is off the charts on both of them. But uh, to Jody's point as well, how old were you, Jody, when you got your first agent? Late 20s. So even late 20s versus 22. There's a big difference in, mature, in, in maturity. Uh, you know, it's right now, yeah, I'd be very comfortable telling anybody, well, you know, I'm not comfortable with this. But 22-year-old kids, Drew Rosenhaus, as Mike Gill said, they're going to take his stinking advice. Now, maybe down the road and the second contract, you know, you see it with Lamar Jackson, get rid of it. I don't need an agent. I've been through this. And by the way, it's not working out well for Lamar Jackson either. Hey, but listen, I I'm Lamar Jackson and it's not kids. working out well for me either. So yeah. I'm, I'm Lamar Jackson over here. It's not working out well for me. Yeah, 22-year-old kid's going to take Drew's advice. And he should take Drew's advice, by the way. I, I'm 100% on, on board with that. Well, Jody and I were also talking about, and this might be the Bears' I mean, the Bears are sitting there at nine. It might be Skaronsky or Jalen Carter. Well, and then Seattle at five. I mean, I think Seattle, everybody knows they need defensive line help big time. So if Arizona takes Will Anderson at four, I think you'll see Seattle take the other guy. Whoever's if, – if if look, if, if uh, Arizona takes Jalen Carter, which, you know, John Gannon down there wouldn't be a surprise if he took an interior uh, stud in the middle – 
then Will Anderson goes. I think those two guys could go back to back four or five, depending on who takes what. And then the whole conversation is moot. The question I had, I think I might have asked you, John, yesterday. Let's say that Jalen Carter gets past one of those two teams and he's at six. Is he a player that the Eagles like so much that they would say, we've got to have this guy? Probably not. But what are they going to trade to get go up? They don't have a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. Right. So they would have to at least wait for him and hope he gets to 10. The problem, like if you look at the Eagles right now, Jalen Carter would be a great fit, defensive tackle, disruptor. Their defensive ends, they've got nobody. I mean, you got Brandon Grant. You got Josh Sweat. You got, well, yeah, my pet peeve is Jody knows. I mean, people don't don't think Hassan Reddick is an edge rusher. No, you've got Reddick, you've got Sweat, you've got Brandon Brandon, Grant. That's pretty sticking good. Who's better? How many teams in the NFL have three at the top as good as those three? Okay, yeah. well, Brandon Graham is going to be, what, entering his age 35 season. He's a part-time player. So who is the full-time guy opposite of Josh Sweat? Oh, who are you forgetting? Do Derek Barnett. Derek no. Barnett. But it's, it's a sub, right? breakout year. Derek, Derek Barnett's going to become Brandon Graham 2.0. When the Eagles watch for his first five years in the league, and all of a sudden it's going to blossom into some kind of player. Yeah, right. Does anybody – I'm, I'm going now. crazy. I'm going crazy here. When the Eagles are in their 40 fronts, it's Reddick, it's Sweat, it's Cox, and then it's going to be Graham. Maybe they kick him inside or Milton Williams or whatever in, in pass rushing situation. When is Reddick not on the field in a pass rushing situation? When is Sweat not on the field? They play. Oh, those guys are on the field. I'm saying what – and listen, Desai could be different. They like to rotate their guys a lot. Who are you rotating in? Teron Jackson? I mean, you've got guys – are they stopping the run? You've lost a lot of, you know – You're rotating in Brandon Graham, who was phenomenal as a rotational player. And then, yeah, Derek Barnett. Now, you know, people can dismiss Derek Barnett – and by the way, they might draft an edge rusher. It it does not preclude them. Oh, to they're going to draft an edge rusher. An edge rusher. The, the only yeah. question right. is when. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I was getting to. Is that Jalen Carter sounds like a great addition, but at ten, I think the spot that you would probably see them add is on the 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 defensive end position. Is because right now they really only have three guys, and one of them is Barnett, that are rotating in there, and we know. Well, I guess we don't know with Sean Desai again that they like to keep those guys kind of rotating around. Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and Derek Barnett, and then of course Reddick as kind of an overhang. But I would imagine that at ten, a defensive end, a true kind of defensive end, is almost more likely than Jalen Carter would be if he now if he was there. I'm sure they would take him. And now you've got another tackle to kind of rotate in the mix. And Milton Williams is an interesting guy in this conversation. Yeah, I think I'm going insane. When, when when people don't realize what Hassan Reddick does off the year he had, by the way, um, as as you know, he was in top five conversation for defensive player of the year. I don't care what you call him. He's 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 a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, and and that's the rotation. The rotation is Reddick, Sweat, Graham, Barnett right now. Now the defensive tackle rotation is 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 also pretty deep still even up what they lost because you have Fletcher 
back. You have Milton Williams. You have Marlin. You have Jordan Davis. All these defensive tackles. But, you know, it, it, what, what Howie's done is draft-proof this roster. He doesn't have to take anything. But it's not going to preclude him because you can get better from Derek Barnett. You can get better than Marlon Tui Pelotu. And I've been even brought up Kentavious Street. Um, they're pretty stinking deep still on the defensive line. But they will take an impact player at number 10 overall because of the value of the position. That's that's where the Eagles are on the defensive line. They don't need to take it, but they might take it. Yeah, what would be Lucas Van Ness, a guy who never started Another one guy. game during his – how about that? He has not started a game in his college career. Yeah, it's about upside. Remember that kid from Penn State uh, with the hard name, uh, didn't have a sack. Um yeah, Edge rusher. Another Penn State player in there. Yeah, he's in Baltimore, and he's a pretty good pass rusher. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm flipping on his name, Jody. Help me out if you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, out as well. He, he, he did not have a sack, <laughs> I think, and and that more than any other position, edge rusher, is is a position where teams fall in love. You saw it with Mike Mayak. Mike Mayak, I always bring up with Cleveland Farrell. Didn't work out. I think he took him at number four overall. Marcus Davenport, Sean Payton traded uh, a first round, a future first round pick just to go up and get Marcus Davenport. If if you fall in love with a Lucas Van Ness and say, this kid's an upside, we're, we're talking, Jody and I were talking about uh, potential top tens. Lucas Van Ness is in that conversation. He's in that conversation because of the position, because of the upside. You know, we're all talking about Jalen Carter and 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 Peter Skaronsky and Bijan Robinson. It wouldn't shock me at all if Lucas Van Ness. He's in the conversation, Mike Gill. Oh would yeah, that, would that be exciting for Eagles fans? Yeah, he would be your then the conversation the following day. By the way, it was uh, Owe was the guy from Penn State. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a first round. He was uh, either the last or next to last pick of the first round. Yeah, it's a good. That's player. how much how highly they thought of him. Without him getting sacks on a collegiate level, they still took him with a first. He's still a good player. Yeah. The, the yeah. conversation after you take Lucas Van Ness at number ten, it would be: Is he your Mike Mamula? Yeah. Why do you comp him to Mamula just because he's this uh, pass rusher and hey, just a, he was a guy who had great workouts and you know didn't start. Now Mamula was a guy who played in at Boston College and had some stats, but Van Ness is a guy who never started a game and just because he's six five two seventy five, he ran, he had great shuttles and jumps and stuff. That all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who never started a game. Now the, the guy's tape is fantastic. Everybody's seen this tape where he's just blasting Skronsky off the ball. Uh, but he's more of a situational guy that you would take. But in today's world, to draft a guy number 10 who is a situational player just seems like – But that's they drafted the way, a guy at 12 who's a situational That's the way player. of the world, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it, it with Jordan Davis, uh, you know, the esoteric nature, at least with a pass rusher, you know, he'll put up some stats if you get it right. Um, and I think that helps because – uh, with Jordan Davis, it becomes, you know, 
all right, he's taking up two blockers. Who cares? To, to men? But they care when N'Kobe Dean's blowing to the football. So it is interesting. But, yeah, I mean, rotational players is a bigger thing than ever before in the NFL. And I, it is about projection. It's not. It's great when you have both. If N'Kobe Dean turns into a star, you know, he's a great college player. Hopefully he's a great pro player. But we've seen great college players not be great pro players. And we just mentioned a couple guys. Michael Parsons as well. I mean, let's be honest. He wasn't great at Penn State. He's great in the NFL. It is about projection um, more than what you've done at the at the previous level. But when you talk about a B. John Robinson, because he to me is the has been the story, because it's obvious for fans. It's obvious what he can do. He gets the football. No shot at number ten. Am I wrong, Mike Gill? Uh, you have a shot; he'll be there, <laughs> but I don't think the shot is that you'll take him. I, I said now that's what I mean. He might yeah, be I there. Know, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I said last week if he's on the board at number ten, I find it hard to believe he's not the highest ranked player on your board. If you're a team that goes best available player, are you just going to say he's best on our board? We're not taking him. I would think they're going to say no. The question is, do they like him so much that they would say, you know what, let's trade back, and if he's there at Where's that line of demarcation where you need to go back to to say, we'll go back to 20, and if he's at 20, we'll take him and take our chances from there. I don't think they would take him at 10, though. No, I don't think they would take him at 10. But would they trade back? How far back do you have to go? Is there a team between 11 and 19 that would take him? I think there's a couple teams that might consider it. But are they having the same conversation on – Commanders 365. Oh, you can take mm-hmm. Deshaun Robinson at uh, number 17. Um, there's What teams would take him in the first round is the question. Right. And you're doing something that I've kind of railed at the last couple of weeks here. And I do the same thing, so I'm railing it myself. Where can the Eagles trade to exactly to get the right player yeah. for the right value to justify your well, somebody's got to be on the other end of the phone when you pick it up and say, we'd like to trade to your position. And they're going to want to have to move up to 10 and pay the price that Howie Roseman, and don't kid yourself, Howie always gets the value that he's looking for. Otherwise, he doesn't pull the trigger on a deal. It's real easy to just theorize on. To then actually put it into practicality and make it happen is a little bit more difficult. Two guys who we believe just waved their magic wand here in Philadelphia and it happens. Number one is Jeff Stoutland. He gets his hand on any offensive lineman, waves his magic wand. The guy becomes a superstar. And Howie Roseman dictates to other teams exactly where he wants to go to in a draft to be able to take a specific player and justify it in his own mind. Well, he's worth taking at this spot. It's nice to feel that way, but that's not reality. Uh, Yep, 100%. And listen, the only reason I think the Eagles would consider the pick, not at 10, but if it was at 10, it'd be a small, 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 small is that they have a luxury pick to make a luxury pick. They got the 10th pick of the draft. They're not the 10th worst. Uh, they don't. They didn't finish there because they need this player. You finished in that spot because you ripped another team off, and now you have the luxury of adding a player that's a luxury. You weren't the worst team. You know, the Giants were the second worst team in the league. They drafted a running back. Well, you didn't have the luxury of drafting a running back. You sucked. <laughs> when you suck, you don't draft a running back. 
The Eagles don't suck, so they can make a luxury pick. I just I, don't think let, they let will. Me, let me let me push back against you there. I hear what you're saying. You're just leaving one part of the equation out. That would be the team that finished last year tied in the Super Bowl with 10 seconds to go. This team is not that team now. They've lost a lot more in free agency than they've added in free agency. This isn't that <laughs> same luxury roster that you're looking at and say, well, you know, we don't really need anybody to step in and play for us because we're good enough to go. Uh, what they finish up? 16 and three. Uh, Jalen Hurts with 16 and one. No, they lost a whole bunch. They lost both of their starting linebackers and both of their sporting team and the best statistical defensive tackle in the National Football League. And they plugged in a bunch of Jags, a bunch of guys. John's calling it uh, draft proofing. I'm calling it addition by Jag, just a guy. So they don't really, the, the pick isn't as luxury as you're making it out to be, Gil. They need to, they need to pick a guy who's going to step in and start for him at number 10. Uh, I, I understand your premise, and I do say that you're accurate on it. My question goes back to then, is the Jag, is the is the guy they pick at, in place of Bajon Robinson a Jag, or is he a difference maker? Because Bajon Robinson is no Jag. That's very true. He's no, not a Jag. You no, say to yourself, I not. have pick 30. But also, you know, it's semantics. Howie hates that term, by the way, luxury pick, but... You know, from his standpoint, I use it. We all lose use it. And that's I called Cam Jurgens that last year. In his mind, it's about more than one year. So he's like, Well, it's not a luxury pick now. You know, you need him to play. Um, so you know, it's about more than one year. But getting past the semantic standpoint, Bijan Robinson can't be considered a luxury pick because you no longer have he'd be a luxury pick if Miles Sanders had one more year. You know, they don't have a, a, a clear definitive answer at running back. People can say, oh, Kenny Gainwell looked great. He's not proven by any stretch of the imagination. They can think it. We've seen Rashad Penny in Seattle in short stretches, and you can say he's going to be healthy. You can think that. But there is no clear definitive answer at running back on the Philadelphia Eagles right now. So, I can't look at, you know, last year with Cam Jurgens, you have a future Hall of Famer playing center. That, by definition, is a luxury pick. Um, you don't have a running back one. So, you know, from that standpoint, I don't even consider it a luxury pick. Okay, whatever word we want to use, you have a position that there's a guy that's going to be the best player available. That goes back to that, and you say to yourself, this guy's going to step in, and it's Jody just said, on a team that maybe isn't as good as last year and help us today. One of the things they haven't gotten from some of their picks, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, um, they haven't played right away. I mean, Davis played a little bit right away, but not the impact that you hope uh, that you trade up to get a guy makes in his first year. He didn't make that kind of impact. Dean's a third-round pick, so I'm not going to sit here and say you didn't get the impact that you thought you were getting from him, a third-round pick. You better get it this year, otherwise you're in trouble. So you need a player at number 10 that maybe makes a bigger impact than just being a situational, rotational player. And I think, again, it goes back to, man, when I'm on the board and it's my turn to pick and I look up there at my big board, I just spent six months putting together. Yeah. Am I going to crumble it up like a ball and say, the top player on my board – I'm not taking them. 
That's what's going to come down to. Well, I, I will say will this. If, if Howie wakes up on April 27th and decides to take a dump on me and everybody else who've been saying he's not taking a running back, uh, I will say if they take B. John Robinson, he's going to be the lead back. Day one of training camp through the whole season. Uh, and and the question becomes, Jody, you brought up Jags on defense. They don't got Jags on offense. This offense is still pretty good. But how much better does he make the offense? You bring in a running back, extends the clock, running, you know, grinding some more runs out. They become a more dynamic, even more dynamic offense that the defense doesn't maybe have to be this elite level defense. Which, oh, by the way, and uh, we've discussed this several times, I think with you too, Mike, um, the whole just everything's going to be great because it's ego-related. I think they're going to have a tough time replacing their play caller. Uh, I think their offense coordinator did a phenomenal job last year, and Brian Johnson's a very well-respected, if you're using a wrestling term, the Eagles are trying to get Brian Johnson over. Uh, The coach is saying it. The general manager said, the owner said, how brilliant the young guy that said, I've never seen him call play one in the National Football League. So just because the Eagles are plugging him in and telling you he's going to be great, okay, I want to yeah. see it with my own eyes before I just uh, give it the blessing that they're not by, even going to By realize. the way, by the way, Jody, I, I turned my head for a second. Question on the screen. Should Cowboys be interested in Bajon Robinson? I mean, literally, this guy is going to be the conversation in every town. Um, oh, every yeah, because day. he's a skill position. That, 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 that's Correct. what everybody wants. Correct. Yeah. I was going to say, well, there's people who keep – I get emails from people saying, a couple of years ago, okay, there was an early mock draft that came out that had the Eagles taking Kyle Pitts in the first round. Remember that? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I would have been and, good with that. And and I remember talking about it on my show, like, would the Eagles really take Kyle Pitts? And then I kind of talked myself into liking the player and the position and what he brings and all this stuff. And then, of course, he got drafted number four overall. And it was like, okay, well, that was a waste of conversation because the guy went so high. Is Robinson going to be that player where you talk? Is it going to be at 10 and someone takes him at six because he's that flipping good? Maybe, but for the viewers and the listeners who keep saying they'll never take them they'll never take them no this player is that good that someone might do something out of the ordinary and maybe it would be the eagles yeah uh, you know, johnny doesn't buy it uh, i'm not saying i buy it i'm saying the conversation is valid i am saying that the conversation is defi- definitely worth here, here, here here's why i think it's lesser um jalen hurts I don't think you need uh, B. John Robinson when you have Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. And it's not just B. John Robinson. I don't think you need Derrick Henry. I don't think you need whatever running back you want to say is uh, at the top. I, I, And in some ways, I think it hurts because then I think you're more apt. Jody's talking about, I see you shaking your head, but yeah, I'm going to give you credit, Jody. I'm going to steal your trying to get Brian Johnson over at some point. I'm going to write a column on that. I, I, I'd like how you phrase that. Um, <laughs> it may, in some ways, it makes it more difficult for a young play caller. And you say, oh, I got this superstar running back. I got to get him the football. And you're taking away from what Jalen Hurts does in the uh, zone read game, the RPO game. 
and you're just handing the football off to the superstar running back, it's, you know, it might be counterintuitive, but I think it creates some problems because. See, I'll, let, let me go the other way, John. I'll play devil's advocate to you. If you have that 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 point of attack, the RPO, the the split second decision that you have to make, and is it do you play Hertz or do you play Genny Gaywell? Well, I'm gonna play Hertz. If I'm the defensive guy and I gotta lean one way or the other, where am I gonna go? If you got B. John Robinson or you got Hertz, oh shoot, who do I go with now? Which could just open things up for even more wide spaces for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but it, it, that 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 I get that part of it, but you're you're getting past the original part, which is does it put more pressure on Brian Johnson to get B. John Robinson the football? And you're taking because Remember what Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni would say, and I know you don't like it, Jody, but it's true. The quarterback, when they don't consider an RPO a, a running play, <laughs> it drives you crazy. Uh, but yeah. from their standpoint, they're saying, no, it's the quarterback. The quarterback can hand it off or the quarterback can run the football. I'm saying you're putting pressure on the young play caller saying, I got to get B. John Robinson the football I'm taking that part of it, the zone read, whether it's a zone read, whether it's an RPO, off the table, and I'm just going to turn around and hand the football off to the running back. In some ways, I think that makes the Eagles worse. What I think was being left out of this, though, is two things. One, Robinson catches the ball, and the other backs in this offense have not done that. Sanders, whatever reason – had a very good rookie season catching the ball numerically. He, he had that drop, and then he kind of fell out of the pass game for three years. No other back out of the backfield has been a factor, not even Gainwell, a guy that people said, hey, this guy could catch the ball and be that third down. He hasn't caught the ball out of the backfield. This kid can catch the ball out of the backfield and be Same another. Same argument, backfield. though, Mike. Kenny Gainwell can catch the football. Kenny Gainwell's not Miles Sanders. They don't need him to catch the football. Because well, saying, you would have a back that would now, you know, you have a new play caller, a new play designer for the most part. Maybe That's he wants to I'm get saying. his back a little bit more involved in in the past game. And and not to mention, and Robinson also is another guy who he just doesn't get tackled. <laughs> he just doesn't get tackled. He gets those short yardage plays. He gets, you know, he, he extends – Third downs, he gets those, you know, between the tackles. He becomes everything that you didn't have last year with Miles Sanders. And like, we talked like, about it on our show Monday, John, with you. You know, Sanders got 1,200 yards last year. Maybe Robinson only gets 1,200 yards, but it's how he gets those 1,200 yards that could be a big difference. And they're on third and three. They're on third and five, and he breaks a tackle. He catches a ball out of the backfield, makes a guy miss. Boom. I think it, that player, look, I don't think they're going to take him. But if you had him, yeah. no, we'd be talking well, about that, that, Kenny, Gain, Kenny Gainwell, let's use the Chargers because you saw it with, you've seen it with Austin Eckler. Um, Kenny Gainwell would catch 65 passes with the Chargers like tomorrow because um, they want to dump the football off. They have a quarterback. He wants to dump the football off when he needs to dump the football off. The Eagles don't have that quarterback. Jalen's like, I'll go get 15. I'm not going to dump the football up and get seven from the running back or eight from the running back. I it I, I don't think you need it with Jalen Hurts. 
I don't think you need it. I don't think you want it. And Nick Sirianni's on record because a lot of people brought up the health and safety aspect of it. We'll take some of the load off, off Jalen Hurts. But Nick is honest with himself, and the Eagles are going to use this shelf life. Whatever this shelf life is, it might be four years, it might be five years, it might be seven years. It's not going to be Tom Brady. It's not going to be 20 years. Right. Um, whatever that shelf life is, they are going to take advantage of Jalen Hurts' skill set. Right, so and John, they've let said let that me, consistently. Let, let me follow up on that. See, uh, maybe I misunderstand your point. Are you saying that Jalen Hurts is nervier than Herbert? That when in doubt, Herbert just checks down and gets it out and gets it to us. No, it's got nothing to do with nerve. Jalen has the ability to run the football for 15, Oh, you're talking yards. running, not throwing. Okay. Yes. That, that's that's why I was missing. I thought you meant forcing the football downfield to a wide receiver. No, no, no. I'm saying dumping it off to a running back. Justin Herbert, when when nobody's open, Justin Herbert is the type of quarterback that is going to going to dump it down rather than take off and run yes. with. I'm sorry, I misunderstood the point you're trying yeah. to make. Um, Joe Burrow, you know, on and on. Those are the guys who are going to dump the ball off. Those are where you need those running backs. Christian McCaffrey would be the best. Um, Jalen Hurts. That's why Kenny doesn't catch the ball. Kenny's right. great at it. Oh, I'm not suggesting that Gainwell can't catch the ball. And Boston Scott, I've said many times here, there, everywhere, I don't think they use him nearly enough. I mean, uh, whenever he's given the opportunity to get extended play, the guy always produces. I'm not saying they can't. For whatever reason, they don't. Uh, Sanders, another guy, he caught, what, like 50 balls as a rookie? He's not not good at it. And and then, right, he just completely vanished from that role. Um, You know, and again, this all is interesting, more interesting, because they have a new play caller. What does that guy like to do? What does he, how much does he want to get his back involved? Jody's right. They're trying to get him over. And I don't want to put more pressure on Brian Johnson. I don't want to put more pressure. You got the quarterback, RPO, zone read him to death. You don't need B. John Robinson. I'm sorry. You know, that's that's where I'm coming down. I don't think it's a need. But it would be really nice to have. He's he's back to luxury pick again. Mike Gill, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate it whenever you yeah. jump in with us. We will talk to you again next week. Yeah. Thanks for doing it this week, big guy. Yeah, Thanks. I don't need a snowblower, but once a year. Yes. But I don't want to have to shovel snow. I don't want to have to shovel snow that one time I get it. That's right. That uh, Mike Gill show, go. two to six today, Sports Pass 97. Point three, ESPN South Jersey. The snowblower stayed in the garage all Yeah, all that's year nice, long. man. Didn't, didn't need to roll it out once, did Mike Gill. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. Uh, we got that much more to talk about, including getting together with our buddy, Chris Franklin, who's going to jump in with us. And I'm glad to say Chris Franklin, uh, in one of his latest uh, articles on NJ.com, uh, evoked a name that I brought up here last week, which Johnny Mac dismissed on me and said, it's not happening uh, at the wide receiver three position. That is something we'll run by Chris Franklin when he joins us here on birds, three sixty five.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Here with you on Birds 365. Thanks for jumping in with us. Uh, we'll stream for you another hour here. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, even if you're not, do us a favor. I'm, I guess I'm asking you for a favor. Hit the like button. Uh, we, we need to get it, uh, that many of more of you being not only tuned, but liking when you're here. we got a good crowd today. A uh, pretty good number of those of you who are streaming in right now. Yeah, go ahead. Hit that like button. Uh, show your boys Mac and Mac a little bit of love. All right, here's one thing we didn't get to with Gil, and that's my fault. Uh, we got off on a Bijan tangent. Yeah, um, too much of a Bijan tangent. But, yeah, you know, what? That's why not? It's that time of year, Jim. Right. We still got three weeks before the draft. Anyway, uh, and speaking of, we're just going to have to wait and 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 then wait some more. Uh, I think the same thing's going to happen with Jalen Hurts' contract. At least we have an end date for the draft. We know when the draft is going to happen. We do not have an end date for when Jalen Hurts' contract is going to get done. Uh, J-Mac and I have kicked this back and forth, and I think he's got a pretty damn good read on it that, yeah, look for after June 1st when the contract situations, the league uh, uh, change uh, could be advantageous to wait till that time. And if it doesn't get done between June 1st and when do they shut it down to go on vacay, Johnny Mac? Like June 9th or something. So I'm going June 1st to June 10th, 
and then I'm going, um, if not, then I'm going July 17th to July 27th. Those right. are the two and if we get to if we get to July 17th to July 27th, there'll be some Eagle fans that are pulling their hair out that they haven't gotten this deal done yet. Um, but that's the way the National Football League works. I saw a real interesting uh, note somewhere. I didn't see the actor. Maybe it was on a podcast or something. Mike Sando, who's a pretty good NFL reporter, uh, suggested yesterday, don't be surprised if the Jalen Hurts contract more resembles the Patrick Mahomes contract than anyone else in the National Football League because you, me, and everybody else continue to throw the names of Burrow and Herbert. And I put uh, Lamar Jackson into that mix because he's the only one that has to get done. Burrow's under contract for this upcoming year. Herbert's under contract for this upcoming year. Jalen Hurts is under contract for this upcoming year. Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract. I know he's tagged by the Ravens, but it's not signed. So his has a little bit more immediacy attached to it than any of the other ones. And I think some dominoes have to start falling before the Eagles get this done. But Sando suggested that the Eagles and Jalen Hurts may look to do a long-term contract because Mahomes signed a 10-year deal with the Chiefs. Now, remember, it was two years ago. So it's now almost a, a outdated contract. Now that's the other thing you got to keep in mind when you talk about quarterback contracts. Guys want to rip them up after they get it done, get their big original payday, major signing bonus, and then go, well, the quarterback market has changed, and I'm still this good a quarterback. So let's talk about renegotiation. Um, just the concept of Eagles and Hurts doing a lengthy contract the way that Mahomes did with the Chiefs, you buying any of that, Johnny Mac? Well, I I definitely think the Eagles want that long term deal as much as possible. I think you know I saw somebody else say that too, and I can't remember who. I think a lot of people, and Mike's uh, very good, Mike Sando. Um, yep. I think a lot of people default to Jalen Hurts. Man, he gets a lot of credit. You know, Jeffrey Lurie called him the most mature. What do you say, twenty four year old he's ever known? Um, I, I, everyone assumes, and I'm in this camp as well, that he's he's very cognizant of he's going to make a lot of money, but he's also, you know, he wants to win, and he's going to help the Eagles win while making a lot of money. And I think that's right. I think that's the way it's going to shake down. So he's going to get a very big deal but it's going to be as team-friendly as possible and two parts to that length. Um, and and remember, Patrick Mahomes, is that contract is going to be redone. It's already been redone. It's going to be redone five, six times along the way. If the Eagles get that type of deal, same thing's going to happen here. It's going to be redone five or six times along the way, but they have long-term security Um so yeah, I mean, I've never, you know, you and I batted this bat. I don't, I don't, I don't even worry. They, uh, my, my, it doesn't bother me anyway. But I, uh, that's probably the wrong word. When when people ask me, is it going to be any issue, the Jalen Hurts contract extension? My answer is always no. It's not. He's too mature. He's too uh, focused on the goal. 
that everything I've seen about Jalen Hurts, if he turns into Lamar Jackson and fires his agent and says, I want a fully guaranteed contract no matter what, blah, 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 it's not going to happen. It's just not. He's not that guy. I'm not saying it's wrong for Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying he is not that guy. And I think it's going to be smooth sailing. I really do. Right. And 99% of the time I agree with you on this. Maybe it's just because the last couple of days, you and Gil as well, uh, try to tell me that agents dictate the players. It never goes the other way around that players actually dictate agents. And I get it. Uh, Jalen Hurts is older than Jalen Carter. And Carter hasn't played a day in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts has already been the NFL MVP runner-up. And he is as mature a young man as he is as compared to Jalen Carter, who, despite the fact that we don't really know him all that well, is showing some signs of being a little on the immature side. Yeah, like driving a car at 100 miles an hour and then saying, well, I don't know what anybody's talking about. Um, but either you do or don't dictate to your agent or your agent does or doesn't dictate to you. That's my only concern. That's my 1% concern with the Jalen Hurts contract. The agent might want to just put a major win up on the board and be a very difficult negotiation and get every single last penny and want to go short term rather than long term. So Jalen could go back out onto the free agent market uh, three years from now. That's my only, only concern of this. And it's not a zero. If it's 1%, 2%, whatever it is, uh, we have never seen a Jalen Hurts negotiated contract before. I'm sorry, his rookie deal as a second-round pick doesn't count. You're, you're, that's uh, force-fed down your throat. And there's nothing you can do about it. This is the first time he's going to be able to negotiate with the potential of going elsewhere. Maybe the agent has more gravitas and more pull in this than we're giving uh, credence to at this time. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't see it. You know, we, you know, on the calendar, it's two years. Jalen's 24, Jalen's 22, Jalen Carter. Um, but it might as well be 20 years um, in real world. I mean, there are certain people, you probably know it in your own life. Everyone probably does. There, there are certain people that mature more quickly than other people. I mean, just maturity is not guaranteed. I know. 35 year olds who aren't mature. Sure. I mean, um, and I, you know, and I know a 24 year old who's really mature. Um, so it always differs with people. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, one of the reasons he hired Nicole Lynn is he's a champion of, of, of women in sports. And he, you know, that from day one, he's more mature. You know, night, you talk about your 99, my 99% is what I said with Drew. 22-year-olds are going to listen to their agent. That's my 99%. Jalen's probably the 1%. The reason Nicole Lynn is Jalen Hurts' agent is because he went outside the box and said, I want to go this route. I want to be this. I I'm, I want to make this decision um, and champion uh, a woman agent in, in professional sports. He's already making decisions from day one, but he's the 1%. He's not the 99. Um, so right. that's my but, 99. But one. what if 
and I don't know his agent a little bit. I don't know uh, how she's going to handle these negotiations. I've never seen her speak and and talk about the way that she views things going in the National Football League. So I'm already commenting from a position of weakness because I don't know well enough. But what if she is the female version of a hardline negotiator and wants to be that agent who is going to put the record setting deal at the top of her resume and the Eagles are making an offer and she's telling Jalen, no, listen, we don't need to, I can get better. This I can do better than this. I I can outdo drew Rosenhaus. What happens if that happens? Is Jalen just going to be the mature guy and go, yeah, no, we're not doing that because yeah, I say so. I, I do, and that's why I said he's the he's the one percent. In the he's face not... of a female agent that he's gone out of his way to specifically hire because he wants to give them a chance to show that they can compete with a male and a well, and no, I just, I think uh, disregard her advice in the I, first contract he ever signs. Remember, we're we're talking about. I think people don't know. You know, it's not like the Eagles are going to come in and say. Hey, we're gonna. We want to pay you thirty-five million dollars uh, average annual value. We, you know, we're talking about forty-eight to fifty-two. As I put the number out, you know, you probably come to the, you know, come to the table and say, "All right, we got forty-eight to fifty-two. Let's make it fifty and call it a day." Um, That'd be nice. We're we're not talking about thirty-five to fifty-five. Yeah, if the Eagles come in. And say we want to pay you thirty-five million dollars a year, Jalen, because we we want to build this team and sell it, and we want to win. We want to win consistently, and expect him to take that. Well, yeah, then they're going to say, no, we're going to crap on that. Um, it's not going to happen, though. We're 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 talking. Jalen Hurts is not going to argue over two million dollars, and if Nicole Lynn says I want to argue over two million dollars, when you're talking about Whatever the guarantee is, two hundred million, whatever it ends up being, you're going to argue over two. Jalen Hurts isn't going to argue over two million dollars. Not, not. And yes, he will put his foot down. Okay, glad to hear that some players still have the correct ninety-nine uh, to one. That's my ninety-nine to one, especially at his age. But as Jeffrey Lurie said, and by the way, the Eagles are thrilled with that. Typically. When you're talking, and you'll see this with Joe Burrow, and you'll see this with Justin and Herbert, because I don't think they're going to be the same way. And I don't know them, but I find it very hard to believe they're as mature as Jalen Hurts. You're probably going to see a more difficult negotiation. Um, he's the outlier. He's the outlier. See, the other I, guys are going to listen to their agents. I uh, here's why I, I end up agreeing with you, but agree with you for a different reason. I think the Eagles are the outlier, not the the quarterback. That the Eagles, you've got the Chargers that are uh, individually owned, not a major corporation, don't have the big money, uh, and the Bengals, who might be the uh, least funded organization in the entire National Football League as far as independent wealth goes. They, they've had uh, that many more contracts that have uh, gone by the board, not gotten done because of the position of the organization where they do actually want to negotiate and get the best deal. 
the Eagles take care of their quarterback. We just saw it with Carson Wentz. They got the deal done. Jeffrey Lurie is not a friend, afraid to extend and pay big bucks and stay competitive with everybody else in the football market. If it gets done, it's because the Eagles aren't going to try and come in at $38 million. But they're going to come in at 48.50, somewhere thereabouts. They're going to know what the market is, and they're going to be right there from the beginning. They're not going to have to drag it out and get to a compromise and undersell and the like. If it gets done, which I'm with you, I think it will happen, John, and uh, it'll be a record-setting deal, certainly for the Eagles and one of the highest contracts ever in history of football. I think it'll get more so done because of the Eagles than Jalen Hurts' maturity because they're, they're going to start the negotiation in the right place. Well, yeah, I, I said that the Eagles aren't going to do start. So it's both sides of the equation. But, you know, when you talk about, yeah, the Eagles are going to do right by him and and he's going to be do right by the Eagles. And when you have both sides on that same page, it's going to be easy. And I think it's going to be Should easy. Be. Yeah, I, I, I really do. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll, we're on the air every stinking day. I'll admit I'm wrong. I just don't see it. I, I don't see any evidence it's going to be difficult. I, I'll give you the one piece of evidence. It's a stretch. I'll readily admit it's a stretch. Because some people said, and again, uh, who the hell are some people? Uh, some people did say, well, they'll get this thing done before they ever get to the combine. Well, yeah, that, they, that, that, that's they didn't. Different they get this category. thing done before they get to drip. Well, they didn't. That's so they haven't have gotten it done. There's no downside. They're not, oh, my God, the... Uh, the sky is falling, chicken little. But they have. Yeah, but that's that. where, I mean, to be blunt, and, and that's people who don't understand the industry, who don't understand how it works. Nothing gets done after the season. There were people saying, "Well, you can do it now after the regular season." You remember that, Jody? Technically, you can do it now. Show me the examples of it. That's not how the NFL works. That's not how this league does business. So for people that don't understand how the business gets done, it's not really relevant. Right. It's, but it's, let me, let me, and, and Chris Franklin's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. You do acknowledge that it would have been preferable for the Eagles and Howie Roseman, who this entire offseason picking up bargain basement free agents would have preferred to get the Jalen Hurts deal done so he knows exactly how much cap room he has to use to make deals to get the Eagles in better places it would have been advantageous for the Eagles to get it done even if no, it wasn't because really realistic but you have to say it would have been advantageous had they been able to get it done as soon as the season ended no because he's got it budgeted he's he's working with the budget I and again we're see I think people have this weird thought that there's going to be this giant oh the Eagles have to know the Eagles know exactly. Again, we're talking about minute amounts of money. Uh, when, when they Can know I get exact... some of those minute amounts of money, $4 million per year if we're between 48 and 52? Can you and I kind of split that up between us? Well, that I agree with. But when you're budgeting for an NFL team, it's minute. Again, everything is in context. It's not minute to the average person. To an NFL budget, yeah. I mean, it's minute. And it's easily, it's a rounding error, as they say. Um, so he he already knows the templates, and he's already budgeting. But is it, as Howie explained when he was talking about how he typically likes to get extensions done during the season, he explained his thought process 
partially uh, on the record saying he didn't want to upset the chemistry of the team as they Mm -hmm. made a run towards the Super Bowl. And that was part of it. Part of it was, again, too many guys having career seasons. So you lose leverage. Now, in Jalen's case, he couldn't work out an extension because of the the rules. Um, You had to wait till the regular season was over. And again, that part of it is just not the way the NFL does business. It just isn't. Uh, Now, as you go through the playoffs and the season's finally over after the Super Bowl, you've seen a handful of guys sign extensions around the league. Um, Not many, but there's a few. There's always a few. Three, four, much lesser valued positions. Um, That's part of it. But because of the enormity of his contract, the bookkeeping comes into it. And that's why I focused on June 1st uh, so strongly because that's going to help with the good bookkeeping part of it. And, you know, I went back and I looked at Carson Wentz. I didn't remember off my hand off because you forget these things. Sure. Sure enough, June 6th. That's, that's, so that's why I focused so intently on, on, on early June as the likely window for this to get done. No, we shall see, but we're going to have to have patience on that. I don't have patience, Ray. I want the Eagles to draft tomorrow. we got to wait three more weeks before the draft comes up, but that's what the NFL offseason is about. Uh, you you got to be able to show some patience. No more patience for us. Good news coming. Chris Franklin, NJ.com, is going to jump in. Uh, CF next here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Seven, three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams. 
deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Guys, here on Birds 365. Thanks for streaming in. We thank Chris Franklin for jumping in and joining us today. Been a couple of weeks since we had Chris Franklin on. Did you enjoy your time out in Arizona, Mr. Franklin? Yeah, you know, it, it was it was really great. You know, I feel bad you guys said they had the rain in the 50 degrees when I out there. It's like, uh, you know what? I can't. Oh yeah, it's that. finally it's nice. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's finally. Yes, I'm in your Yeah, I did. I, 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 hold on. I got there again. Yeah, all right. Do you see that, Chris? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I just wanted to, because I just wanted to make sure everything was all right with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you pet any llamas? Oh, I saw Dave out there petting llamas. There may be a selfie I may have with one of them. Uh, I didn't. I'm, I'm mad I didn't go with that first group. That first group went out and saw. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" But yeah, there were llamas and goats. With one thing, think you have all these owners and these big wigs, and then all of a sudden you have like a mini petting zoo in the middle of thing for the kids. I guess mostly. There, there may be a picture. Uh, I, I'm not going to post it on Twitter, but there may be a picture that there's a selfie with. Were you, uh, were you more drawn to the llamas versus or the goats? That that to <sighs> me is an interesting question. You know. At first it was llamas, but then I don't know. Some of those ghosts, I kid you not, some of those ghosts had like pajama bottle pajamas on, and they were walking around like, "What the heck?" Is, yeah, I kid you not. I, I they, ghosts I, are friendly, but from what I yeah. remember, the <laughs> well, it was fun to see. One of them didn't like one of them. Obviously, didn't like the other one, and see some fights going. On. It was pretty. It was pretty. <laughs> There's a lot going on oh. with that whole entire thing. Yeah. As as long as you didn't pet Howard Askin, yeah, you were okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. Um. I got to give you food. props because you went the same place I did last week. And, and John said, yeah, I see what you're doing. Not happening. Um, I think an under-the-radar need for the Philadelphia Eagles is wide receiver three. Yeah, we're talking offensive line, defensive line. That's what the Eagles always do. And uh, they lose their two starting linebackers, their two starting safeties. They brought some guys in, but we don't know how good their players are. Are they just another guy or whatever? They still have a need at wide receiver three because Quez had a less than stellar year this year. I'm sorry. I know some people still like Quez and the fact they can run by people. He didn't make plays this year. He dropped balls. I still think it's a need on his team. Not saying they're going to use their first round draft pick or their second round draft pick, but they need someone. And there are still guys out there in free agency. I ran Jarvis Landry by John last week. And he said, yeah, Jody, not happening. He's he's too good to be considered a wide receiver three. If he's too good, why is he still on the market, Chris Franklin? If he's that good a player where most of the best top starting free agents have now already been scooped up by other teams, why is Jarvis Landry still available? I think he still wants that chance to be the the guy, like either the number one or the number two guy, or, or for, for basically be a ma- major starting person for a team. And, 
when you're looking around right now, is you're trying to look at some of the situations you guys can need him, and they're probably he's probably asking for a certain number, and he's not getting it, and mainly because he hasn't been available the last two years. And listen, if they can, it, it it'll be tough. It probably would be tough to add him on. I mean, granted, he only made like three million dollars last year, but I think he's one of those guys where if he can convince him to say, hey, you know what? If you want to go get a ring, if you want to join, go like have a chance to win a championship, come here. And I think he'd be beneficial. I like Quez. I still like Quez too. I really do. But I think from a spacing standpoint, you lost Zach Pascal. You don't have – you look at – you have so many questions after him. Like Greg Ward, Britton Covey was mainly your punt returner, and you had a Devin Allen you don't know as well too. There's so many question marks you have behind there. If you add him in there, at least spacing-wise, you're good. And think about those five – if you go five wide receivers, even if you include Dallas Goddard, I didn't know that. But think of the spacing and the option. You can open things up more on the outside. Quez can have more opportunities for things downfield. And you have a reliable guy who can get first downs and prove he can be a reception machine. So I, I'd be open to the idea of bringing him in on that aspect. Yeah, with Landry, I don't think it's much as money. Like, he's not Odell Beckham Jr. wants $15 million. But I think it's more about opportunity. You know, here, Chris, you're not getting football. I mean, right. AJ's getting the ball. <laughs> Devontae's getting the ball. Dallas is getting the ball. So from my standpoint, somebody like Jarvis Landry is saying, well, I got to I got to get some touches. And, and ultimately, I think he'll be able to find a spot which gives him a little bit more traffic. So that's my issue. But, you know, I'm going to give Xander, our producer, a little shout out here for St. Joe's Prep. That kid from Atlanta, I don't want to butcher his name, but to me, he's a perfect fit. One, he's a slot receiver. Olamidi, and I don't want to butcher his last name, but um, he's a slot receiver. He's, he's short. He's 5'8", and that's what you want. Um, not that short, but well, I mean, Jarvis he's Landry a natural slot. slot. Yeah, but, but, but I'm saying I'm, Landry wants the football. I'm saying Olamidi doesn't, can't say, oh, hey, I want to come in and I need the football. Jarvis Landry's a whatever, four-time Pro Bowl player, whatever. He's got some cachet in this league. You can say, I, I gotta get I need the football. He's not gonna get traffic here. A young kid like that, he's gonna accept his role. He's got return skills, so you have that um double sort of hit. That to me is more likely the draft proofing acts aspect of, of of what the Eagles will do, not the veteran player who still thinks he's got you know, gas left in the tank. I think Am you I still do both. Right? I think you still do both because that way, if you sign up for a one-year deal, you, you don't do the two or three years. Whoever gets also a two-year deal, I think that's where he goes. He knows at least he has some, some type of security. But I think you can do a one-year deal, have him come in. Then you got – I like uh, Tyler Scott of Cincinnati. I like him as, as well, too, as a possibility as well, too, being like a slot guy. Have him come back in, allow him to get like a year to learn that way because we all know what rookie wide receivers, not all of them, come in and our immediate impacts and able to help them out. And this team to me, like there's, there's a, there's a certain window they have here in order to do it in order to do that. So I think you keep that window open. You bring in Landry, he does his thing. Then the following year, you got Scott or whatever guy they draft. I, I'd even use a third round pick or a slot guy. I think that's important. It's offense, have them come in and then you'll have them for two, three, four year, year two, three, four, and see what he can do. Oh, oh, Olamide Zacchaeus, by the way, I'll do it. Yeah, that's who I would sign if I'm the Eagles. St. Joe's Prep, bring him home. Magnolia, New Jersey, bring him home. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they, the bring them home thing didn't really work for uh, their uh, outside linebacker this year, did uh, Mr. White was here for sure, one he year. And then well. he said, Thanks for coming home. Now get the hell out. Wow. Uh, so I, I don't know how much the bring them home thing lasts one year. And are you talking about just one year for him? I'm too, talking John? about just one year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because in Kaiser White, it, it worked with Kaiser White. He played a little bit too well. And, you know, he got, as Chris pointed out, at this stage, you know, if you can get two years, you're going to take two years. Kaiser got two years. He only got one year. So that tells you. Not a great player, but he played well enough to get two years. So I'll go down that route with you. Linebackers, another position, Chris. Now they have draft proof with Nicholas Morrow, the 18th century author who is right now penciled in <laughs> uh, to to play next to Nicovi Dean. They can't be done at linebacker, can they? I think they might be. Oh. I, I really, I, I think they might be. And I, no, if they take somebody in like. Like round seven, six, seven. Okay, maybe, but oh, I just look at the way they're the way that this team seems to go with the with the assets they use at the linebacker. I, I don't see another like really true impact guy because and they really use it for them. When you look at it, they usually use usually like two off the ball guys unless they're in goal line, and then they sometimes I remember seeing Dean on the field as well too when they came in in the goal line situations. But at least this way. Yeah, the two lighter guys, and this is what—that's the thing that that concerns me—is you're going to have to need your defensive tackles to play very well to keep them to to keep offensive alignment off of them because they're not the biggest guys. And we know what this team has had issues. If you can find an Achilles heel on this defense in the past, it's been the run game when they really—if they're not giving up third and thirties. But yeah, <laughs> that's I think when you look at uh, the run game as well too. And they're not bigger guys, so you worry about them wearing down. So I, I like their. In the, in the past game or playing in space, if they can be kept clean, they can float the ball. They, I have no problem with them flowing to the ball. It's a matter of making sure that they have the opportunity to get to the ball. So I think they they may draft somebody late, but I don't think it's going to be another – Boy, like, how important one. is Jordan Davis this year then? It's <laughs> important for them to float the ball because, woof. Yeah. When you look at Jordan Davis, when you look at Fletcher Cox, no one's low. Those three right there, I'm just like, all right, guys, you, you gotta make sure you play gaps sound, sound, soundly in their gaps because you, you can't be rolling with, with those guys back there. You can't be stunning or or doing a twist and rolling yourself out of position. And next thing you know, you got a guard coming right down on the Kobe Dean's like, all right, you got a guard coming down tomorrow, and then next thing you know, six, seven, six, seven yards a pop. So those guys have to make sure uh, when you look at Davis, you hope that we, I think he's a right now, I think he's a better run stuffer. If he gets the opportunity to get so like he throws into that additional uh, pass rush move or two, I think he can be our even better. But you yeah, really rely got, on Fletcher Cox. They've got a legitimate box safety this year. So is Edmonds going to make like 120 tackles? Is that what you're telling me? Because <laughs> the, the linebackers might be occupied. So it's all going to come down to that safety who's going to come up and make every single tackle all year. Is Edmonds that good? I like Ed, I like Edmonds. I think for what for what he for what you need him for one year, what he is. I mean, obviously, if he was, I think when you look at uh, the impact, if the Steelers, how much they value defense over there, and especially as a minor guy, and the fact they let him go, and I mean they signed him to one year extension eventually last year, but the yeah, fact they so said okay, to move can't on. Figure out why Terrell Edmonds can't get paid. I mean, that's not correct. And by paid, I don't mean. Uh, I mean, like four or five million dollars, like two years. Like I can't figure it out. 
He started 70 games. He's a five-year starter on a pretty good defense, more often than not. He's got durability. It's not like everybody else the Eagles signed with all these injury issues. Um, He's pretty solid when you look at the PFF numbers. What the hell's going on with Terrell Edmonds? Explain it to me, Chris. Well, I also think it's a safety. I th- also think it's a safety, uh, the value of the safety position in a, as a whole. When you look at the guys, I, I mean, asking uh, when I was at the the league meetings, you can hear, it, and when it came to, uh, I won't say this already, uh, Pittsburgh, but Mike Tomlin. I, thought, I was like, why am I putting on Mike Tomlin? Oh, great. Good job, Chris. When you look at Mike Tomlin, the way he was explaining, it's like basically because safety is not, there's not really a free or strong safety. It's more a left or right and sort of match up depending on the scheme. So you're just basically looking at cover. Like it's, it's almost coming interchangeable where you got a corner safety. Some of those guys are being asked to do the same type of job. So you're just basically looking for the best cover guys. And we know when you look at Edmonds, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, not he's more guy. of a running. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think that comes into play as well, too. Here's here's where I go with John on this one, and uh, I'm going to feel bad as soon as the words come out of my mouth because I really like the guy. Is Epsy three times the player that Terrell Edmonds is? Edmonds gets $2 million, <laughs> Epsy gets six. <clears throat> How does that math work? That just doesn't seem to add up to me. Uh, versatility and, and opportunity. I think we, if you had to rank them going into free agency, Epps is a better safety than Edmonds. And three. Do you take them off? Times the safety. Hey, <laughs> yep. That's when your agent comes yeah. in. That's when you go. That's when Epstein goes look at his agent. And go. I'm keeping you around for a while when it comes to that. But yeah, I mean, for, you don't want to get beat. When you look at it, it's, it's a passing league, and F is a better cover guy than than Edmonds. And you want to get guys like that. You know, you can feel a little more comfortable on the back end. Well, let's talk like about it. the other safety that everyone forgets about, and that's Justin Evans. Um, how how we called these all these one year deals lottery tickets when you were when you guys were out there? Um, <clears throat> do you get the feeling the Eagles hope the lottery ticket comes in with Justin Evans more than Terrell Edmonds for what you were talking about? He's the traditional covered safety, or he was before the injuries, um, and he was you know he was a starter in Tampa Bay, and and things were going well before the injuries started to pile up, but he's still young. In theory, he could be a cover safety. Do they hope he's the Powerball ticket and not uh, Terrell Edmonds at, at safety? I think for them, as long as they get about two, if two of them hit two, like five of those five, five one-year deals, six, seven years hit, they'll be happy with it, with anybody on that one. But I think if you had to look, we compared either safety, I think so. Cause I think he has more range when you look compared to admins as well, too, man. He's thought of He was thought of very high. He's part. It seems something with these, uh, with the Eagles loving these, uh, Saints defenders as well, too. So he's coming from that system as well, too, when it comes to that. And I look at and this. He played ability. the slot last year, too. He played, he played in the slot for the first time. Yep. So they like that mirrored, sort of ability that CJ showed, although they didn't like it enough to sign CJ, but they like it. <laughs> and um, also when you look at the map, the, the, as much, uh, it sounds like the size will use a lot more like man, uh, man to man matching and you need the cover guy to be able to do that and, and to be able to communicate effectively to know, okay, I can see this receiver is going inside. Okay. I can pass him off. Cause I know he's going in this area. Let me go back and try to get somebody else. So you need more cover guys in that back. end if you want to run that system. 
All right, Chris, uh, I, I like to make it easy on our guests every once in a while and uh, give them multiple choice questions. So I got a multiple choice question for you. Okay. Um, right. I think we can all agree that the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles week one next year is going to be Jalen Hurts, uh, whether they get the contract done or not. Uh, Marcus Mariota is not starting for him, so it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Okay. Their number one competition in the NFC last year and most likely this year will be the San Francisco 49ers. Their starting quarterback opening week next year will be, assuming that Brock Purdy's not going to be ready, and I saw this week six to eight months, which is going to go past opening day. So it's not going to be Brock Purdy, but it could be Trey Lance. It could be Sam Darnold, who they signed as a free agent. There are reports out there that they attempted to get their hands on Kirk Cousins during this offseason. All right, that, that opportunity may have passed. And Aaron Rodgers still hasn't been traded yet to the New York Jets. And my buddy Craig Carton said yesterday, "Don't Jets, don't fall asleep at the wheel here because San Francisco could jump in and steal Aaron Rodgers and get him back to the West Coast again. Who's going to be the opening day quarterback for the 49ers, who are probably the Eagles' number one challenger for the NFC Championship this year? Lance, Darnold, Cousins, or Rodgers? I'll take it a step further. I know we haven't got the dates out for when the Eagles and that rematch between the Eagles and 49ers are going on, but I even say I look at Lance. I think Lance is going to be the guy, and they're going to give him every opportunity because they use a high draft pick on him, and it's a bad look. I wouldn't be surprised. Lynch, even I know they they have all this talent around everywhere else, but Lynch goes down and go make sure you keep him in just a little bit more, and give him every chance to do that because I think he'll I think he'll actually do all right. I mean, how many times you see these guys get injured, and, and it gives them a different perspective of the game and watch them, and you want him to get every opportunity. You wanted him to get every opportunity to start to look at a feel for what a mental aspect and. And the intelligent parts of of the game when running the office and everything, he's got the physical tools. Another year older, and now you add that part to as well. I think he'll be all right, and I think he'll be a decent job. And I I like it. I know everybody talks about the NFC East rivalries, and they got the Cowboys. I think they really have a good budding one developing with San Francisco, and it could be one of those things where you start to look at Hertz and Lance going at it multiple. You see them. Mm. twice a year uh once or twice a year depending on uh where they finish their standings Playoffs, i think yeah. it's that good yeah with the 40 the 49er stuff is in it i mean they they have uh, i'm just looking it up the three million in cap space the two million in effective cap space if you go over the cap so that's what they really have to work with so i i don't know how they get aaron Rodgers. i mean yeah. i don't i don't know <laughs> how you manipulate that now, Cousins, you know, Jody and I were talking about that last week. Kyle Shanahan's wanted him forever. And yeah. it seems like every year they talk about acquiring him. But Minnesota doesn't want to give him up because they can't get better. I thought maybe that would have been a fit this year because Trey Lance is from Minnesota. And you say, oh, maybe maybe there's something. They have a young general manager. Maybe they want to turn it over. But that now it's too late in the process. Call me crazy. I think you're right. They're going to default to Trey Lance because they have to default to Trey Lance. I think Sam Darnold's going to win that job, and I think he's going to be the quarterback the entire season. Really? 
And oh, no, no, no. You don't think Purdy's going to be given a chance after what nope. he did last year? You nope. continue to just downplay what Purdy did last year. John McMullen, who always talks about you shouldn't be held to where your draft status was. The frigging guy went undefeated. No, and here's had a quarterback ranking better than Jalen Hurts. But you don't want to give Purdy. But here, here's why, Jody. He tore his UCL. He's out. And, and the problem is San Francisco is so good. They're going to win games. And they're going to win games when he's not ready. And he's not. And they're not going to want to switch when he is healthy. Now, if somebody gets hurt, that'll be given an opportunity yeah, to get back in. By the way, you're stamping Sam Darnold and staying healthy for 17 games. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. You got to stay healthy. But it, it doesn't matter. Trey Lance. Sam Darnold, um, uh, 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 Brock Purdy, they're going to win games. And by the way, I got news for you. Aaron Rodgers, they win the Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins, they win the Super Bowl. They're going to win games with anybody. That's how good they are. And Sam Darnold is going to be the quarterback in San Francisco. That's my bold prediction on April 5th. Yeah. Uh, I think if Kirk Cousins I, I, is on there, he... I got to watch Sam Darnold play a lot. Uh, I, I saw so by. I'm not saying he played well, but this is different. This is different. I know Jody. J- Jody's a huge Brock Purdy fan. I am not. I freely admit. <laughs> um, it, Kyle Shanahan protected that guy. Kyle Shanahan is the best in the business when it comes to play calling. When it comes to offensive scheming. Now, as a head coach, he's got some issues with time management and the rest of it. But as far as play calling, scheming, he did it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo stinks, and he's still making money. Anybody who's playing quarterback is going to be successful, as long as they have the talent. They have the talent. Yeah, yeah, Talent's yeah. a big part of it. How about Josh um, Johnson? Uh, have we forgotten the NFC Championship game well, this year? Yeah, it's oh, Somehow, oh, the miracle oh. worker that is Kyle Shanahan – couldn't make Josh Johnson. Into By the way, if he if he had he had a couple of weeks to prepare, he would have he would have made him look good. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but um, <laughs> I, I mean he's got more transactions. That you, you you have to you lose ink in your printer if you try to print out Josh Johnson's transactions. But <laughs> I, I'm telling you, uh, if that trade Lance is what well, trade Lance is going to get the first chance. I mean. We were talking about Andre Dillard here, default to the first round pick. And when you take a kid, what was he, third overall? Yeah, yeah. he's getting another chance. So it's up to he'll probably get hurt though. And, and I think everybody would everybody in the NFC would jump at the chance if Darnold's gonna be the starting quarterback. I think everybody feel I think in Philadelphia, I think I feel a little more comfortable as well, too, because and just like I know I said with Lance, you get, you get older, you can see that. I don't know what it is, but he's, he's like a turnover machine. Like, And he has to have a lot of comp- – like the moment something bad goes wrong with him, it just seems like it just yeah, exponentially he gets worse and worse But and he worse. will protect him. He will protect him by he, I mean Kyle Shanahan. He will protect him. It'll be all play action. It'll all be wide open receivers. If it's not, it'll be manufactured touches. Be be, uh, be forewarned, Sam Darnold. Right. And also, Frank, if you got Kirk, 
I'm sorry, if you got Kirk Cousins real quick. Uh, oh, they're winning it, Super Bowl it, with Kirk Cousins. I don't know. It, it, what, what time's the NFC Championship game next year? 6.30? Yeah, I think that counts as going towards prime time. I don't know. <laughs> I went through the same thing. I went the same. Th- I went through the same thing for years, Chris, for years with Matthew Stafford. Everybody, I'd say, you know, you talk to people around the league. They love the guy. He's a good quarterback. He's in a bad organization. He's in a bad situation. I can't tell you how many people told me. Matt, Matthew Stafford can't do this. Matthew Stafford can't do that. Matthew Stafford stinks. I know his team stinks. His organization stinks. And then all of a sudden, he goes to the Rams and bang, he wins a Super Bowl. And by the way, you know, Chikwaski Tart intercepts the ball. He doesn't win the Super Bowl. But the larger impact is what, when you say so and so, insert name, can't win a Super Bowl, that's bull bleep. Yeah. I mean, good quarterbacks can win Super Bowls if they have the right, you know, ecosystem around them. Matthew Stafford proved it. As I said, Kyle Shanahan would love to prove it with Kirk Cousins. He can't get him. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Derek Carr's in that category. Is he great? No. Is he good enough? If everything's perfect, yes. No question about it. That's just Jimmy Garoppolo, he almost won with. Jimmy almost. Garoppolo. And there's another guy I think you're not giving enough credit to. I think uh, uh, any, any again, anything that Kyle Shanahan touches, he's going to get credit. The quarterback's going to get nothing in McMullen's eyes. All right, I'm going to take a shot at somebody here, an entire organization, and you tell me if I'm being unfair. I think, not because they're one and four, but I think the Philadelphia Phillies have screwed up. They're oh. got their home opener tomorrow. Oh no, I know. <laughs> and they're having Nick Sirianni throw out the first pitch. Now, I like Nick. You like Nick. John likes Nick. We're all Nick Sirianni fans here. But how do you not choose Jalen Hurts over Nick Sirianni? And more importantly, how do you not choose Jason Kelsey over Nick Sirianni? You're just doing it to get a rise out of the crowd, right? You want the place to go nuts. Who better than Jason Kelsey to go out there? Maybe even first pitch between his legs. I don't know. But I think the Phillies screwed up by picking the wrong Philadelphia Eagle representative to throw out the first pitch. Am I being unfair? I think uh, – because someone tells me that Jason's still at home right now. And after that video got out there uh, – I know it was a joke, but after that one got out there – might want to stay. He's gonna probably stay around, join his new daughter. And something tells me that Hertz is still out there, out west, or, or he's probably working out, focusing on working out. So it's like, all right, you know what? Let's get that. If I'm waiting and, to see and, if Nick Sirianni on the back has dog dog mentality on the background too, and whispers into the microphone, he's an Astros fan. I, yeah, yeah, I oh, yeah. Eagles, <laughs> I think the Eagles made the right decision. First of all, to use the three why, names, well, by putting the panda in chief. Yes. Uh, for exactly the reason. Give me some video of the 13-year-old Nick Sirianni in his in his Phillies cap. No, but Nick Nick Sirianni, he's a Pirates fan, by the way. Nick Sirianni. Um, but he is the panderer in chief. He can do it. He can he can put on the shirt and he can do the all like Jalen wants to put on that Astros hat. He doesn't want to be the panderer in chief. Nick wants to be the panderer in chief. With Jason Kelsey, he injured the fanatic last year doing this, so they don't want him back. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a perfect decision. Nick has perfected pandering. 
I think he's always taken it to a new choice. level. Yes, we can yes. agree on that. Yes. Uh, maybe it's because <laughs> I see through it that uh, it does bother me a little bit because I know that it's just 100% phony. He's very good at it, but it's still just stone cold phony. Uh, all right, Chris Franklin, always a pleasure. Appreciate you jumping in with us today. What do you got planned for the rest of your day? Well, uh, I think we believe we may have uh, speaking uh, to somebody yeah, else this afternoon. To, to meet Marcus. the backup quarterback, a little yeah. Marcus. Oh, Mariota's today? Might yeah. Be, yeah. Rumor has that's going to be that. And then also uh, working on another story as well, too. I actually go, I had to go to North Jersey yesterday for a story. So I was uh, working oh. on something like that, too. So I'm looking nice. forward to it. I got, got a few things in the kitchen. <laughs> Will Marcus Mariota say nice things about Chip Kelly today? <laughs> that's his, that's his, uh, Chip. Chip's almost like, oh, like, Son, pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, he will. Yeah. I expect, oh, he's one, love it. I expect one of you two to at least make it difficult on him to say something. You realize that Chip <laughs> Kelly was ended up being a failure here who got fired, who got Howie Roseman almost opposed. Him. I love that. Uh, what do you guys are going to go down that road with Marcus for me? Why, today, right? why do people always want to destroy our careers, Chris? They want to stay. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Oh, we by the way, Chip Kelly. by the if, way, if Marcus, your career along the way, so be it. But I, I need to take some more shots. By the way, Chip Marcus, Kelly. the guy who made you as a prospect is an asshole. Uh, exactly. Can you that's the way you need that? to phrase it, McMullen. It's on you, yeah. buddy. Perfect. That's, Thank you very that's much. The, that's the question you ask right before you know you're going to like you're you know you're going to retire that next yeah, day. He's like, exactly. all right, that's the question you ask right yeah. before. It's like, well, yeah. what are you going to do? I know I'm done. So, eh, that's the thing yeah, you throw who, out. Yeah. Who in the Eagle organization is going to have a problem with that question after the fact? Nobody, nobody. You're not going to get fired. Your 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 outlet is going to fire you for asking a tough question. Well, that's not a. You may never get another quote from the player you're asking it to. But the Eagles are fine with it. There's no no. blowback from the Eagles for putting Chip Kelly on blast. There's no. That's not a tough question though. That's just you're being petty to Chip Kelly. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> a rabbit punch right behind the box. It was a rabbit punch. All right, and, get and I say all the time, you know, the chip. Uh, there's a lot of bad to chip, but there's a lot of good. He brought so much to the NFL. He was ahead of his time. Uh, that everybody uses today. He just didn't have the filter. He didn't, yeah. you know, he didn't. He didn't realize the good stuff and and the bad stuff. You know, like I mean, yeah, treating Jason Peters like he's a 21 year old kid who can go forever or, <laughs> you know, expecting grown men to wear sleep monitors. Uh, you can get away with that in college. You can't, uh, or checking their urine. It's too yellow, Chris. No <laughs> I don't know how to help follow that one up. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something funny to go with the gold. Giving you some the golden rule is not to have gold. What the heck? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> When when you're talking to grown men that their urine's too yellow, uh, it starts some uh, some issues. Guys, uh, go to tequila. You can't make it. Uh, you start partying a little bit. Late. Yeah, I can sit. No, no, I'm not. That's gonna be awkward in the auditorium. Like you say, what? Nah. The only former Philadelphia major uh, power broker that I'd like to kick more when he's down than Chip Kelly would be Sam Hankey. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take bigger shots at him, but yeah, Chip was the process. Yeah, he is. Uh, oh, you got me to do it again. Day. Get that thing out of my eye, yeah, uh, Chris Franklin. Thank you very much. That's what I no think. Have uh, a good one. Chris, thanks, uh, thanks, buddy. We'll get you up again yeah. next week. Don't get in trouble at the press conference. 
Don't Chip, uh, think, yeah. think Chip Kelly for Marcus Mariota. Uh, that's Chris <laughs> Franklin from NJ.com here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout. You know what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. That'd be Marcus Mariota here on Birds 365. The question is, how are we going to put a bow on the show for today? Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. time here on Bird 365, but fear not, tomorrow's a big day. It is uh, day three of day three, year three of Bird 365. It is our 500th show. I think my accounting's pretty damn good. And we're going to give another shot. Seth Jordan says he can jump in tomorrow. He is scheduled number to join 500. us. Uh, number 59 for 500. He is uh, scheduled to be with us, and we had some day issues last uh, yesterday. It was he was going to join us? Uh, didn't happen, but uh, he says he says he'll be with us tomorrow. So uh, very much looking forward to that. 
And you're looking forward to talking to Marcus Mariota? Shame on me. I should have known this, that the Eagles were going to make him available. I did not. What do you think Marcus have to say? Well, they haven't publicized it yet. We expect to get him uh, today. So you shouldn't have known. We probably okay. shouldn't even have said it in case it falls through. But uh, we did. So there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it, he was in Hawaii. So it's been a while. Um, was in, you know, he's from Hawaii. So he was back there. I think he had a wedding to go to, was on vacation. So, um, you yeah, know, he's a good backup quarterback. Uh, I I think the most interesting part of Marcus Mariota is, you know, now he's got it. I mean, he's been a backup before. He's a backup in Las Vegas. But, you know, he's a starter again last year. Uh, didn't end well. So it's really the mentality. I mean, this is the former number two overall pick in the draft. Do the deal. They did the deal eight years late. Um, and they got him in. I'm a little surprised he's here for the reason because he's accomplished enough to where you would have think he waited for not necessarily a starting situation, but a situ- a better path to where you could potentially a team with a less entrenched starter. Here, the only way he's getting on the field is injury. Only way. So I'm a little bit I'm a little bit surprised. So I think his sediment, his thought process, his thinking is the most interesting part of why he came to Philadelphia. Could get some good info out of him today. I hope it happens for you. If it is, we'll be talking about it here tomorrow again. Set joiner, scheduled to join. We'll see. Our 500 show, that's happening. We know that for a fact. Uh, so you want to be back here with McMullen and McDonald. We'll do it again for you tomorrow in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.